All right, starting a new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everyone enjoyed it. We're going to start this pod. We're going to go uh, talking about 2022. All right, 2022? I forget the year. I still feel like it's 1997. Uh, 2022 uh, predictions. Um, so I'm going to jump right to it. I... I you know, you want to see who's going to kind of spin the other way and, and what have you, right? And this, this pod is brought to you, as always, by SI Sportsbook. Promo code SI300, bet $10, get $300 in free bets. That promo is going to be running not not the longest, okay? So you got to take advantage uh, while you can. These promos don't last forever. SI300. Um, we're going to make a couple of wacky ones right off the bat. Jumping right to a Celtics-Knicks. Are going to go flip direction. So they both right now are tied for ninth. I think it's 17 to 19. Okay. Celts coming off an impressive home win against Phoenix. But again, I don't like to overrate matinee games. A lot of times teams come in, you know, a little, you know, what team is coming in, uh, not, not really all with it in a matinee. So you tend to see, you know, teams not, not get to the best start in a matinee. The Suns played a great second half, though. They got back in it a little bit. Uh, after, you know, they were down by a massive amount. And the NBA, I always say this, every team can beat any team on a given night, right? If uh, Even if the OKC Thunder are really amped up going into a game and they're playing Brooklyn, and Brooklyn, you know, is sluggish and tired and, take you know, doesn't take them seriously, OKC could win that game, right? So any team, it just matters about when you play the teams. Um, a lot of times, and the good teams find ways to kind of fight through some of the sluggishness. Or, or they have enough chemistry to battle it. Um, but I'm going to say this. This is going to sound crazy. I know I'm just going to sound like a homer, but I'll explain why. I think the Boston Celtics <clears throat> are going to finish this season um, with a top four, with a home court in the first round. So they get a top four seed. Now, I know that sounds crazy. They're 17 and 19 right now. How, how am I explaining that? You know, what leg do I have to stand on? So first, I don't think they're going to usurp um, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Um, Chicago, who knows? Probably not. I think I think the vulnerable team there is still Cleveland. I'm not. I know they're they're playing great and all that. I, I do think there is an element of them coming back a bit. But I'm more, I'm more think it's because Boston is going to go on a run. Now it's not simply. You know, obviously injuries impact this. It's not simply because. Uh, just, you know, basing off one game. I think if you look at how they've been playing against the spread even the last two weeks when they've been relatively healthy, so when they've had both Jays back, uh, they've played like a 55-win team, right? So losses like in Utah, but that was a tight game, beating the spread, right? Uh, Golden State beating the spread. So they could, they're showing really good competitiveness uh, down the stretch. I think they go, I, I'm going to say, they might go 12-4 and four this next 16. They're going to go on a, on a decent run here because they have a pretty easy schedule and they're pretty um, motivated. Now, <clears throat> the other thing I think is the emergence of Robert Williams. I think him as a passing big is going to be critical. And then finally, the youth showing some signs of, of progressing, right? I think you're seeing Peyton Pritchard in particular taking a step. Um, you know, Duco is going to address that, and, and I think he emerges. Um, and then the other guy is uh, Romeo Linkford actually getting into the rotation. So those elements help. Look, a lot of this is going to come down to what Stevens does uh, at the deadline. Again, I've said this and I'll say it again. 
the best move is just kind of unloading the vets in the way. I don't know if he knows that he's able to do that, but there's just too much talent on this team, even with some funky rotations uh, and all that, not to not to supersede Cleveland, which has far worse talent. And I think it's going to show up. The Jays, it's just they're, they're too good. Um, and they worry about the sensibility. Now, do I think it's going to be a positive year? Not necessarily. Duco's going to buy himself another year because I think if they get a 4C, they could basically lose in the second round. They'll be fine. And then people are going to chalk it up. Well, the second half was good. Let's make some adjustments and then go for it next year. And then next year is his true test. I don't think he gets fired. I think they make a run. Um, I really do. I, I think if you're looking at over-unders right now, to end the year, they have obviously adjusted. This is what happened. I take the over on Boston. I think they're going to end up with about 49 wins. I do take the over there. There's no way a book's got them above 49. And if there's alternate spreads, do that, bad boy. Get the alternate spreads, right? So you can adjust your spread um, and go for a higher total and, and get a higher payout if you want to take that risk. On the flip of that are the New York Knicks. Now, here's the difference, right? The Celtics have legs to stand on, meaning they have organic growth. They don't have to do anything, and they should get organic growth from the Jays, from the Naismith, Lankford, Pritchard trio, from Robert Williams. They should get some organic growth. Horford's been you know, pretty steady. I don't see a decline from this season yet, uh, etc. So you're, you're not expecting a drop-down. If anything, they should get organic growth, and any trades may, may even be helpful. Fine. The Knicks are the opposite. So there's really not many legs to stand on. They're not, in theory, Barrett should have been growing organically. He's not. They're going in opposite direction. So Barrett's, you know, a lot of times you see this with rookies, right? The best example is Tyreek Evans. Where, like, you know, beginning he wins Rookie of the Year, he looks really good with high usage and stuff. And I don't know if it's hitting a wall or, you know, different fits when they're trying to put around him and things don't work. But, like, you know, Barrett, it's not – I think he should hey, – look, I think he is who he is, which is right now, like, you know, he's a third guy on – is he a third guy and a contender? I don't even know that. Um – and, you know, he hasn't been able to get on the court healthy. And I don't even know if he makes sense with Randall. But they have to figure out Barrett. Um, and the bigger question comes with, with Randall, who <clears throat> was he too good? Like, what, what, what's, who, will the real Julius Randall, right, please stand up? We don't know um, which one it is. I, I couldn't tell you. Like, I have no... Uh, I have no idea. Right. So, you know, let's see. Let's see which Randall stands up. But um, I, I think they have to go the other way. And I think the Knicks are actually um, are actually quite smart. I'm going to give them a lot of credit. Right. I think they realize, um, you know, they realize these things. They realize they're kind of maxed out. They realize... I think they realize all of it, quite frankly. And you look at the roster, right? They, they realize not to play Walker, but like Rose, all these guys are like going to keep them steady. They're going to be a 500 team with them. And that, that's NBA purgatory. So, and the truth is right now, the next two drafts, I would say everyone's, the 2023 draft is supposed to be a really good draft. They're supposed to be the next big draft. We haven't had a really great draft where, um, 
I guess Luca was the last time you're getting a top five guy in the draft that you could build a team around. Luca was the last player. Uh, since then, you could say it was Giannis, but it wasn't like something that we predicted in advance. Um, now, is Bates that guy in a couple of years? Maybe. Is the guy from Gonzaga? Maybe, which is next year's draft. But everyone's talking about 2023. Maybe that could be a draft where you could get, you know, a few um, a few stars. And if that's the case for the Knicks, I think they got to think that way. Um, or else they're just extending a rebuild to, to longer. And they kind of jump-started a little bit with the Randall pickup. I mean, the problem with Randall is um, nobody wants Randall. I don't see a, a fit there. So what New York can do is they could start top, and we talked about this, play Randall at the four. Um, but I see them going the other direction. I think they're going to be sellers. I think they're going to slowly sell off. I think Leon Rose is a smart guy. Um, I don't, If they're still like around ninth at the deadline, they're going to try to convince Thibodeau, because Thibodeau is a great coach. But you kind of have to do the Billy Bean um, you know, move with him which is you have to force them not to play the vets and play the youth. So if you do do trades with the Knicks, or sorry, Leon Rose makes some trades, he's got to kind of force Tibbs' hand with the rotation. So those are two massive predictions right off the bat. Um, you know, so, some of the other ones, right? Another surprise surprise teams uh, in, in 2022 that I, th- I consider making a run. Look, I, I, I kept saying these guys, I think they're, they're going to be steady and good. I, I think the Spurs are, are going to also make a run. I think they'll be a playoff team, um, and they'll be a threat to, to steal a, a, a first round. Um, they're too deep. Murray's improving like crazy. Um, they got shooters around him, you know, Vassal, everybody. I mean, it's just great, great organic growth all over. It's too good. Um, so there, there I could see them. I would take the over with them. Let's go. Who would take the over to the under with? Atlanta, you got to figure is going to get it together. Um, now, you know, I think they need Hunter back and stuff. I would take the over in Atlanta. Uh, Cleveland, you got to take the under. I mean, like, it's a nice story, but you have to. Um, and then let's just go through it. There's a few other teams, right? Who's going to say going to continue this sort of supremacy? Um, this is going to be one of the most. I'm trying to remember a last situation where it's really a parody playoffs going in. You know, like how many times, I don't know if it's better for the NBA awards. It's very, and we keep saying this, like if you got a chance to go for it, you go for it this year, right? With the Kyrie Irving situation still kind of in flux, it's rare that the title favorite in the league has less than a 40% chance to win the title. And if you had to pick a title favorite, I, I think it's Brooklyn, but you take the field over Brooklyn, right? That's rare. Usually you take the title favorite, like when the Lakers dynasty, you take the Lakers over the field. Okay. Um, during the heat run, yeah, maybe it was 50-50. Maybe there's a few teams, but I think it's Brooklyn at 40, maybe Golden State at 20. And then you got a bunch of teams uh, divvying up the remaining 40%. And I think it's going to, I think Milwaukee maybe at 10 after those three, maybe. And then it dips. Maybe Phoenix at five, seven. You get a lot of teams over like two and a half or 3% shot. 
And it's going to depend on injury situations and things like that. What I would say is, like, if I'm Chicago, you already gone this far, right? You had no qualms dealing youth and picks. So I, I do see Chicago making a run at a, a player that they feel is going to put them over the top at the deadline. Now, is that guy Grant? You know, maybe. Um, Randall's a little too aggressive, in my opinion. Um, could be Sabonis. But again, they need they need a two-way guy. They need like a defender who could score a little bit and stuff. And, and like, I, I think if you're the GM there, your hope is, like, are you going to get a better shot than this? Meaning, um, if you gave Grant... Um, to Chicago, do they do they win? And that's the question they have to ask. We'll uh, we'll continue this after this break. All right, welcome back from break. Um, so, you know, we did a couple of surprises there. I, I think, you know, in terms of you know teams to look at, teams to bet on in the second half. So we talked about the Spurs, Celtics, um, and the bet hits the Knicks. I think if you do that, those three things like. Literally just every day with the spread. Forget money line. You literally, you bet every, I think those teams are going to do far better uh, for you. Um, and that includes Atlanta too. Who else? So Washington, um, I, I don't, I just, I can't believe them. And, and the truth is like the reason why this stuff's happening this year and people shouldn't fool themselves. Look, let's just be honest. It's a really funky year. So deeper teams, Washington is a very, very uh, deep team. They're not that good. They're just deep. Here's the difference. Um, if you just, like, they have a lot of guys who could be in an NBA rotation. So what I, I classify this as, like, if you're building an eight-man rotation, would, these guys, would you be okay with these guys the rotation? So you, ideally as a team, if you have eight guys that fit eight, great. Um, so yeah, you go through it, right? Um, even the rookies, right? Avaja, fine. Gafford, yep. Uh, Beal, Pope, Kuzma. Sure, 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 right? Dinwiddie, yeah. Harrell, okay. Berton, sure. Um, Rui Hichimera, yep. Avaja, yep. So they have 10, 12 guys that could fit in most eight, eight, eight-man rotations. The problem is most of those players are six to eight range in that rotation. They're not on the starting five. So while Kuzma and a few, maybe Dinwiddie and Beal would start on most teams, the rest of the guys wouldn't be sixth or seventh men, maybe eighth on most teams. And that's kind of where, you know, down the stretch they'll struggle. Now, look, they're so deep that if they get hit with the COVID uh, plague, it doesn't impact them as it does other teams that are more top-heavy. So the top-heavy teams get hurt the most, um, like the Lakers, and those are the teams that are going to flip it around, depending on what happens with the pandemic and everything. But uh, Washington, I think, got, you know, uh, taken. I don't think they're as good as advertised. I still don't. I've seen them. They're, they're, they're just really, really deep. So if you're if you're a team that's going to play one star and a couple G-leaguers, they're going to keep rolling out a, a fairly competitive team. So they'll they'll win those off nights, but that good and that's not bad for a regular season. 
but that's not going to do much uh, later on. They, they, I, I don't think they've, and people are, you know, applauding them. They're doing great. I mean, like, look, here's the difference. When I'm analyzing, you know, good teams and good GMs, I'm looking at their path. I'm like, oh, they have a very nice, clear pathway here. I like what they're doing. Either they're 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 slowly progressing towards contention. They're progressing towards a nice rebuild. They're they have some involvement. Like you look at it, like oh, this is a nice path. Like San Antonio, kudos to Buford and, and Pop and the team. Right, that's a great nice pathway they got going on. But if you're um, Washington, sure, you got a lot of nice like middling youth. But like, are you going to keep Beal long term? Okay, you you are great. Why? So I, I think where they are going to mess up, in my opinion, is like Beal's turning, he's on the other end of 30. Like, why do you need to retain him uh, long-term uh, for a rebuilding team? Like, I, I would, now at some point they need to consolidate because they're, they're, they're just too, they're too deep, right? Um, and look, they're doing the right thing in developing certain guys like Donny Avaja and things like that. But they're way too deep. So... They got to figure out veteran teams that could use these guys. Like if you're, I don't know, and maybe they wouldn't, but like if you're Golden State, is there a consolidation plan? You could take back Pope and, and, and Mantras Harrell, right? Get back like a Damian Lee and a future pick or, or something. I'm just throwing ideas out there. I don't know if that's, that's necessarily a good one, but could be others. That The teams that need consolidated depth. The Lakers is obviously a big one. Um, you know, can you give them... I would do a three-for-one to get Tucker, quite frankly. Um, you just did to deal with them. But beyond that, like, some of these... Yeah. So Washington, like, there's no pathway. So, great. They're um, doing better than they should. They did nice short-term GMing. If the goal was to, like, make the playoffs, and that's it. But they, they, they need to start a path. They don't have a path, so I'm not, I'm not impressed. Atlanta now looked like they were on a path. I think so much of what they do is going to be dependent on DeAndre Hunter. And they have, to, they have to figure out at some point what's going on with him. Like, is he finally healthy or not? And if he can't maintain health, that's a problem. And I also think they kind of messed up with the Collins situation. I don't think they wanted to sign him long-term. So if you're a team like Atlanta, I don't think Collins fits long-term because um, they need more defense there. And a consolidation there that makes sense is probably going after like a Siakam or something. So Atlanta needs to do a consolidation deal. They'll get right back in it. Um, but look, in general, at the end of the day, if you got a shot, you got to go for it. I mean, Milwaukee did that, you know. Now, I knocked them for a couple of years ago. They had a shot at Chris Paul. They didn't do it. Phoenix did, and Phoenix got rewarded. Milwaukee, though, did make their big move for Drew Holiday. And they could have also had Bogey. Um, and the Drew Holiday deal led them to winning the title. Do they win the championship without Drew Holiday? Probably not. So when you're on the cusp, and, and right now there's really, I, I would say the only teams that could be flirting with it is probably Utah. Um, and maybe Phoenix if they lose again. Those are the teams that really, really need to make a run. Uh, and if they don't, like, the window closes quickly. 
everyone's looking at Denver, right? Denver had a shot. Porter Jr. gets hurt. And, you know, I don't know what they're doing now. I don't know what their plan is. Um, but you you have to examine those teams. And there's where the, the, these veterans, like superstars, are available. Like James Harden was available. And, like, Brooklyn didn't even give him that good of a deal in comparison. So Simmons is the guy now that's, that's available. It happens every time. The teams that take advantage are the teams that get rewarded. We'll see who sniffs out and who doesn't going into 2022. That is going to be the real, real test.